0: Barack Lurie here on the Barack Lurie Podcast. So look, before we even begin, I want to once again encourage people to broadcast loudly and proudly the joy in this Barack Lurie Podcast. Uh, we really would love your spreading the good word out there because we've been doing so well and we just want to explode this uh, the listenership about, about all this. All right, Ari, are you ready for a really fun podcast today because this no i'm ready for a really boring <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> okay, so this is the one I, I you know this this one i have to tell you um i it, it got triggered not in the pc sort of way but i got triggered the idea got triggered by something that dennis prager had said on one of his uh episodes i think about last week and he was talking about just in passing the washington redskins do you remember the whole thing about how?
1: Yes, I watch football. I All right, right. You, okay. Yes. So, so
0: they they try to get rid of that or change the name of the Washington Redskins because uh, allegedly it was offensive to Native Americans, and uh, this has just got to stop. And and of course the and it was a big Facebook issue and everyone was talking about it and husbands were apologizing to their wives for being supportive of the Washington Redskins and and it was weird. And the Washington Post itself had proclaimed. Uh, that that it had done its own survey of Native Americans and said, "Do you find this offensive?" And ninety percent of those polls, that the Native Americans polled, said, "No, it, it means nothing. It's not a big deal. Okay, it's not like uh, referring to Jews as kikes or something. It's just, it's not that. All right, and uh, and it's been a long time this way, and it's 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 a it's a proud. They, they show the." Uh, the Native American mascot as a very proud one, not a goofy one or anything else like that. So there you go. So, but it it made, made me realize something. The left always does this, don't they? I mean, think about what they've done when it comes to the black ID vote, for example, right? They say that... Uh, requiring ids for voting purposes is racist right and it's a terrible thing and blacks can't do it and it, it, it uh, disproportionately affects blacks and, but no one actually actually talked to blacks and they and they say well do you find it to be racist to require an id of of you and other black people
1: and they oh, all say and everyone else yeah, you right because they're, they're not asking for only blacks there? yeah but, well,
0: but you. no but, but they no no they do they say, do you think that blacks are more likely unable to get IDs or they have more difficulty? And they say, what are you talking about? It's not a big deal. In other words, they didn't ask black people about this. They just made this nice, wild assumption about uh, how they feel and what, they, what they're what they thinking, and they just run with it, right? And then they make big policy about it. That's the the, the Washington Redskins. Same thing, exactly. And then um, – it, and then the same thing with um you know gays and gay marriage, right uh, you ask most gays male gays and in, 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 in fact about how they feel about it, and a lot of them said i don't care i don't I'm not fighting for the right to have uh, marriage with my boyfriend. you know if somebody else wants to okay i guess I, i'm not going to stop them, but they're kind of agnostic on the issue, most of them right i I, I know a couple of gay guys who happen to be conservative by the way. And they're just not interested in this whole business. It's, uh, you know, they, they are not as monogamous as uh, heterosexual couples tend to be, okay? There are some gay couples that do want to just be monogamous all their lives, but as a general rule, it, it, it's not a shock to, to say that gay couples, uh, sorry, gay uh, men especially, have a lot of partners, and a hell of a lot more partners than heterosexual men do, so... That, that, so that's another example of, of where they just didn't bother asking the people that they were supposedly fighting for. And then, then you talk also about, um, you know, that they, the American flag, right, that somehow that's, an, that's unwelcoming to Hispanics, right? Well, can we just ask some Hispanic people, please, Mexicans, Guatemalans, or whatever, the ones who are rushing over here who want to be part of America, how they feel, about the American flag? Because I guarantee you, when they see the American flag, they say, Thank you, America, right? <laughs> that, but they didn't bother asking that. But the, but the white majority here, the, the leftist white majority, the anti-FAT type people, feel that the American flag must be offensive to, to, uh, to Hispanics, and therefore, let's take it down from this or that school, okay? And, and, but they don't bother asking them, do they? No, it's just ne- never an issue. Um, same thing when it comes to, um, Christians, generally speaking, what, what I love it when people tell me what Christians believe, uh, when, vis-a-vis Israel, you know, as you know, evangelical Christians, especially, but, but most Christians by and large are very supportive of Israel and the Jewish right, to, uh, to have a, you know, a Jewish state and all this stuff. And they're very, very supportive. And so. A lot of my, you know, lefty Jewish friends, and for that matter, people on the left, they tend to think, "Well, the Christians, this is what, this is the real reason why they want to do it is they want to take over Israel at at the, you know, because they believe they want to make it a Christian country. And it's a big ruse, don't you know? To which I say, gosh, have you asked the Christians about this? Have you actually talked to them? Well, no, they would, they would lie to me and they would say that they're doing because they love the Jews and they support the Jews. No, no have you actually talked to them uh, like a lot of them? Because what they'll tell you, in fact, is that the Bible tells it very plainly, those who bless the Jews will be blessed and those who curse the Jews will be cursed. That's the way it works and that's what they believe and that's why they support a Jewish state of Israel. That is why. And it never dawns on them. Putting aside the fact that to say such a stupid thing about what Christians believe would mean that all these Christians are in some sort of grand conspiracy, not just among millions of people, but billions of people who are secretly hiding their agenda, right? <laughs> I mean, we thought we had a blood libel that they were using against us, but we're only, what, 14 million people in the world. I mean, it's, it's all the more difficult to uh, engage in a conspiracy when you're talking about, what is it, 2.5 billion people, Christians.
1: And then who, by the way, yeah. unlike the Scientologists, tell you exactly what's in their text if you ask them. Right. Right? It's not like it's not like there's a secret part of the Bible that they don't show you. Right. And it's not like they hide the Bible if you ask. You ask a Christian, you know, a real Christian who's happy to share Christianity in the Bible to you, like you know, some of our friends, right. And they'll go, Yeah, I'd love to show you. Let me come around. I'll show you the living room. <laughs> exactly. I'll show you the bedroom. I'll show you the game room. Here's the home theater. Here's everything. Right. Well, how does it work? Well, here's the plumbing. Here's the electrical.
0: Yeah. It's all there. It's very Are simple. Are there
1: any hidden parts? No, not really.
0: Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Good example. How about this? How about women, generally speaking, when it comes to uh, feminism and what, what women feel and what uh, harassment is and so so forth? And for that matter, they're supportive feminism. And you know what? Most women... It, they're not really interested in feminism they're just they don't identify themselves as feminists not in the way that that most you know what is what they call a fourth wave every every year it's another wave right but now it's supposedly fourth wave feminism and I, I still don't know what the distinction is between that and third wave and and second wave and first wave feminism what is it I mean it's it's the most undefinable thing ever but nevertheless they they women don't want what feminism wants to impose upon them right they they do want to have families they do want to have meaningful relationships they, they their first priority tends to be for most women their family right now a lot of that has changed over the decades but that's it's it's become a foolish sort of thing where they they prioritize the career and then they don't then, then of course the relationship goes bye bye And by the time they're 35 or older They suddenly say what happened You know wh- where's my man Where's my baby Where's my family that I was going to have And I was going to take care of So th- then they're very resentful at the end of the day But you actually, act- actually ask The typical woman About what she feels about feminism And she'll say you know I don't know how into it I am But most of the feminists And these are the hardcore Hardcore feminists that I'm talking about Would, would have you believe that somehow There's this, this huge wave That's happening And it just ain't so They don't bother Ari Asking the very people That they are supposedly pushing for You mean women uh, Women yeah. generally speaking <laughs> women. And in this case but 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 the same thing with blacks, same thing with uh, Hispanics, right. I mean, they same never thing with ask the
1: group, yeah. What are you thinking? yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 then likewise uh, with, with Jews. We're both Jews, and you know supposedly there's this big rise of anti-Semitism since the election of Trump, and I, you know I can tell you as a Jew. What you talking about, Willis?
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to find it.
0: I I I haven't Oh no, actually
1: I did find it. It was before it was before Trump. It was on the college campus. Right, exactly. I mean it's it's been there. It's still on the college campus. Yeah. They just haven't told you about that one yet.
0: It's it's coming from the left, but we
1: digress. (laughs) Right. Oh, by the way, I I just got a memo. Fourth wave feminism. Yes. Uh, It's very interesting. That's the uh, imposition of Sharia law. (laughs) Yes, that's that's, probably true. That's fourth wave feminism. (laughs) Linda Sarsour.
0: Yes, so she's she's the one. It's so weird. I I have a a chapter uh, in my book about you know it's titled "Feminism Was Here," meaning like like it's been (laughs) like Kilroy was here, here. and it's uh, you just you can't pin what feminism really is. You just can't figure it out. I looked on Wikipedia. I figured that's a nice neutral source. That would have an issue, right? Alexa, what is feminism? The noun feminism is usually defined as the doctrine advocating social, political, and all other rights of women equal to those of men. Okay, so that's a whole lot of nothing, right? Well, that's <laughs> what third-wave feminism. Yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa, what is third-wave feminism? Third-wave feminism is an iteration of the feminist movement that began in the early 1990s United States and continued until the fourth wave began around 2012. Born in the 1960s and 1970s as members of Generation X, and grounded in the civil rights advances of the second wave, third-wave feminists embraced individualism and diversity and sought to redefine what it meant to be a feminist.
1: In other words, that's the most uh, nothing answer ever.
0: That's a big nothing burger.
1: I'd like to say, Alexa, could you be more specific? Hmm, I'm not sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, so enough about uh, that that robot. Uh, That sex robot. Exactly, apparently. Anyway, the point is, that it's it's not it's not meaningful, uh, right. and, and I'm not really. I don't want to drill down too much on feminism, but the point is that they don't even know that, themselves what it is. When you go to Wikipedia, which is a little bit more elaborate than what we just heard, uh, they are they they, they, can, they try to cover all their bases. I mean, like it's uh, it's about you know political it's equality and uh, you know diversity and diversity, and, and, yeah. and it's it's sociological and psychological and legal and economic, and, <laughs> and like it's everything. And so and I. I I mean, it's to the point there where you say you get dizzy. You know, it's it's like truly yours is a dizzying intellect. Uh, at the end of the day, anyway, that's not the point. Um, you ask people, you ask the typical woman what they perceive feminism to be, and they'll say, uh, "Well, I, you know, that women should be equal, okay? And they should have, you know, you'll take them one step further. They, they'll have, they should have equal opportunity, okay? Whatever that means, right? So." Okay, yeah, sure, that they should be certainly equal under the eyes of the law. No issue there, right? Um, But there are differences. And when you tell tell them, okay, yes, but, you know, you agree with me that you shouldn't be able to go topless uh, on a hot summer day, whereas a man might be able to. Well, yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's not exactly equal even under the law, but nevertheless, you understand that there's an issue there. And, And then when you ask them, in what way... Have you been prevented from having equal access or opportunity in any of your, in, 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 you know, in your life? And most women will say, and I think correctly, I, I don't perceive any sort of, you know, clamping down on, on my life whatsoever. Uh, okay, so what's the problem here? You know, you're, you're fighting a fight. I mean, I, I'm against slavery, right? But we don't have, uh, a, a, you know, a viable anti-slavery movement here in America because, frankly, the... The problem has been rectified some hundred and, uh, what, 50 years ago. Um, So we're not going to have an abolitionist movement still moving along, right? But the feminist movement, um, I don't even know to what extent it actually achieved anything, but regardless of whether it was responsible for achieving it or something else was responsible for it, the fact is that most women, especially young women today, will say, I don't have any problems, I don't perceive any problems happening to me because, merely because I'm a woman. And I think they're right. I mean, I, just look at the college uh, campuses. They they don't seem to have any problems, uh, you know, filling it with women. In fact, there's far more women uh, in colleges than there are men. Same thing in professional schools. Same thing uh, in, in most of the professional graduate schools. Um and for that matter, the professions themselves. Uh, there are many women doctors now. There's, they're, they're not underrepresented in any shape or form. I can tell you as a lawyer that um, nowadays it, it does seem to be about 50-50 chance that the opposing counsel that I work with uh, is, a, uh, is a woman. And so, I, you know, other than, I guess, the you know the classic jobs where it requires more strength, Uh, so for example, police, army, even firemen and such like that, where you need to be able to, let's say, lug heavy things. Um, it's, you know, you have to pass a test, but if you pass a test, you're going to get the job. So it's, it's an opportunity thing. So there is no limit on the opportunity. It's just the difference between men and women. And until the day that women become equally strong to men and equally uh, as big as men are, uh, that's not going to happen. So... You know, in terms of opportunity, there's no issue here, so it's a big, big nothing burger. And you ask, like I said, you ask most women about, you know, their perception of being discriminated against, and they'll say, "I don't have it." And likewise, you and I, as Jews, I can tell you this very plainly: there, there is just not the rampant anti-Semitism that the left would like you to believe. Had somebody actually asked you and me, "Hey, you know, Brooke? Hey, Ari?" You know, tell us about how terrible anti-Semitism is.
1: Yeah, what country club could you not get into? Who won't play tennis? Yes, with
0: exactly. What, what law firm refuses to represent you? What doctor refuses to treat you? Uh, and so on and so on. Uh, I, I just, I don't perceive it at all. And by the way, I do know what anti-Semitism was, I, is. I, I, I came from uh, Connecticut. And back then when I was a little, much younger boy, uh, I experienced it all the time. I was the Jewish kid. I was uh, surrounded by my Gentile friends. And, you know, it took a lot of fighting with them. I They, they threw pennies at my feet to see if I would pick it up. They called me...
1: Didn't
0: What's that? Didn't you? <laughs> they called me Dirty Jew. Uh, I ran for class president at one point, And I remember the opposing council Not opposing counsel. Opposing uh, candidate. No, no, I'm sorry. Not even the opposing candidate. Some kid... Um, and it was only one kid, by the way, but I remember it very well. He, he felt, it was very, it was, he felt uh, safe enough or, you know, that he wouldn't get retribution enough. He felt comfortable enough. Let's put it this way. When somebody asked, hey, did you vote for Lurie, uh, the kid said, I'm not going to vote for any fucking Jew. You know, I remember him saying that. You know, here I am actually swearing. But I just remember it so vividly. And he said it right in front of me. And he knew I was right there. And um, and a couple of the other kids smirked. And this was um, an all-boys school, by the way, ties and jackets, very Gentile um, sort of school. And, and do you think that, you know, I felt that, well, this is a representation of all of America. This is, uh, this is terrible. By the way, it wasn't just this kid. You know, the kids are just kids. They're stupid. Uh, they don't know how to refrain restrain themselves sometimes. Or they're just echoing some concepts that they hear from their parents. But... In that particular school I had a math teacher This is 7th and 8th grade I remember Middle school And the, 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 the teacher would tell Jew jokes You know And he knowing that I was Jewish And he made a reference to uh, Some movie And he made an anti-Semitic joke about it And it was it was pretty vicious
1: Were they good jokes at least?
0: And no they Well were, that's they were, the problem <clears throat> Exactly right They were puns more than anything else But it was just It was stupid but the the, the the kids kind of laughed and they kind of looked at me like, ha. Huh. And it, it gave them cover to be anti-Semitic themselves, right? Now, what happened in that case, I just felt, okay, this is too much for me to handle. And I brought my father in at that point, and he handled it with the school. But did we sue the school?
1: No, you <laughs> no. brought an Israeli soldier,
0: right? <laughs> we, we, brought, we, we brought my dad in because it was, you know— it was teacher it was adult to adult at that point i couldn't handle it my direct self i could i could fight with the with the boys but what i what did i do how did i deal with being a jew in uh, a somewhat anti-semitic crowd not all of them were anti-semitic you know i i still kept it in perspective i never said this this whole school's anti-semitic this is terrible this is you know the the truth of the matter is it was one or two maybe five a handful of kids who were either actively or passively anti-Semitic, and I took it in perspective. And what did I do the other day? By the way, I did win the presidency of that school. I got the respect. Um, it was tough at, at first because I was not a great athlete at first, but then I became a pretty good athlete, pretty good. I would give myself a B. Um, but it was, I was more than acceptable. I was the fastest runner in the school. For I, be, I became one. But where I did really shine, it was academics. I became, I was, I came in as the worst student, and then by the end of that year, I was the best student. And I stayed that way for the rest of my time there. So I gained the respect of the kids, um, and I I liked it. But never did I ever think that anti-Semitism is rampant in America and that we need to fix this and we need laws. and, And it was such nonsense. And as you know, Ari, and as our listeners know, and my listeners on KRLA and my Facebook people... I love Christians. Okay? This is not Stockholm Syndrome I'm talking about. I love Christians. Why? Because they truly understand Jews. They, the, the, the real Christians understand what Judaism has given the world and how important Israel is to the world. Uh, how that, uh, you, you are blessed if you, if you bless the Jews and you are cursed if you curse the Jews. They understand that we are God's chosen people. Um, And Christianity has done such amazing things for our civilization. Anyway, they didn't ask this Jew about the so-called rise of anti-Semitism in America since Trump was elected. What nonsense.
1: And they didn't ask you how a couple jokes and pennies thrown at your feet were uh, holding you back in the rest of your life. Right,
0: exactly right. Oh, I've been traumatized. I've been a victim, you know, and I need reparations. Yeah, those pennies. Oh, (laughs) they threw money at me. Oh, what a good problem to have. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what they should have done, of course, is thrown five dollar bills. That that would be hundreds, different. hundreds. Well, back then, five dollars meant a lot more than it does today. But you you understand? Yeah. Anyway, the, the point is, you know, I could laugh at them. It's a reflection. Whoever did that, you know, I forget their names already. You know, it's a reflection on their stupidity. Anti Semites are stupid, right? But they're not that many. I don't I don't know of any anti Semites out there right now. Um, on the contrary Other I think, than,
1: say, Louis Farrakhan,
0: right? Oh yeah, of course No, no. It, the, whatever antisemitism The real antisemitism lies out there It's, it's 99%, maybe more uh, From the left No doubt about it And from the radical Muslims in particular Louis Farrakhan is a good, good example uh, It's bad stuff out there But they're, they're the ones And, you know, it's funny I think that America in the past I don't know, 40, 50 years has come, especially the Christians, has really come to the conclusion that uh, anti-Semitism is truly stupid and it's counterproductive um, and that Jews really have contributed an enormous amount to this country and to Western civilization, generally speaking. And uh, they happily, happily do business with them, happily have friends with them, uh, happily have romantic relationships uh, with them, Um, And happily, uh, you know, have government uh, political uh, influence as well I I think they're That's true of all races and
1: women Exactly right And people of alternative sexual orientations Yeah You know, smart people, hardworking people People with good values are smart, hardworking and have good values That's it Right You know, the good are over here Everyone else is over there And luckily in our country, the everyone else is
0: pretty small minority all right, so we were able to drill down, at least on the anti-Semitic part of it, because you and I are Jews and we can actually respond to this in the, same, in the sense of nobody talked to us about this nonsense. They, 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 but they would have the rest of their lefties, who are not Jewish at the very least, believe that somehow there's this rise of anti-Semitism and that it's, it's, it's lurking everywhere, don't you know, and it's from you know, pro-Trumpers. What nonsense. Another category of people that they would have you believe is you know, grossly under attack uh, and, and they're all over the place by the way yeah, are the transgendered right? So there are two problems with this first of all, that there are that there are a lot of transgenders in the first place right They make you think that they're everywhere that there is b- as big a group as blacks, as big a group as as gays, uh, as big a group as Jews for that matter. We're only two, two and a half percent of the population of America and that's a very high percentage compared to our percentage in other countries in the world and uh, we're just a tiny fraction of it. But they would have you believe that transgender is like, one, one every third person, every third no, person the majority is majority
1: of people they think are yeah, transgender exactly right. or on the spectrum of.
0: Right. To the point that they are telling college kids that when you introduce yourself, you are supposed to speak as follows Hi, I'm John Smith. Um, he, him, <laughs> right? In other words, this is the way I like to refer to myself. Right, these are the pronouns that you should use to describe me, all right. But it, it could be very well be uh, I'm John Smith, um, she hers, right? Uh, weird, okay. But nevertheless, that's your exp- So in other words, that it's so prevalent that we all need to change our language because of this one out of thirty-five thousand fraction of the population. Okay, that's how bizarre it is. Now, so that's problem number one. Okay. The problem number two is assuming that transgendered all of them uh, feel the same way that they are somehow uh, feeling like they are unable and incapable of uh, surviving on the planet without sur- some sort of draconian set of laws uh, that they, they and so you have to force uh, kids to not identify themselves as boys or girls even though they naturally identify themselves as boys and girls. You're two girls. Um, my, um, my my three kids uh, my two boys and my girl uh, you know it, they're very common that it's a girl, okay my girl likes dolls my girls uh, my girl likes uh, makeup, my girl likes earrings she likes all that stuff so and my boys like, you know, uh, cars and blowing things up and uh, pretending to shoot guns. That's, that's what they do. That's very much the norm. And it's 99.9%, in fact, more than that, of the population. But because of the point, I forget what the translation ends up being, it's something like point zero 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 four percent of the population. We have to completely change our language, you understand. But no one ever asked these people. Do, do, do you want this? Do you want us to, to introduce ourselves this way, that everyone should, should be doing this? That should we change our language? You're not heterosexual anymore or straight anymore. You are cisgender. You are bisexual, curious, or whatever the different thing. Do, do you want these 57 genders? No one ever asks these transgenders. They just impose it.
1: Well, and the only ones they ask or give the platform to voice their opinions right. publicly, are usually the most obnoxious and agenda-compatible <laughs> ones. Well, yeah, right, I, and I think— Like it, the Zoe Turs of this yeah. world who say to Ben Shapiro, I'm going to curb—I want to curb-stomp curb you because you used the wrong pronoun.
0: Right, exactly. Okay, right. good example. And I would venture to guess that it's about the same, same percentage uh, of the transgenders who get offended by us not, you know, bouncing and bouncing back and forth with with these new pronoun games and bending over backwards for them as the number of native americans who were offended by the use of the phrase washington redskins. Yeah. It turns out only 10% of them were, you know, offended and 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 that's only when they were posed the question. Like, I guess I am offended, right? Yeah. Or maybe maybe bothers me a little bit, so they would they would go into the 10% category. Right? Yeah, and then push pull them until the pushing of the polling got the right answer. Right. It's like, they, you know. And I, this, I, yeah, it's from the Washington Post, by the way. Yeah. So no no conservative outlet by any stretch. Yeah. They're the ones, this this very liberal outlet is, is, is doing this survey. So, and they say 90% don't give a damn about the phrase Washington Redskins. So you know that it's even more, it probably, it's probably more like 95%.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the constructs I think we're, you know, going around the, the rim of on this is when you do find those people in the test cases who are the offended feminists, who are the um, uh, offended Jews, who are the offended blacks at of voter ID or whatever it is. There's always the somebody. The media yeah. is always digging through the whole haystack to find the needle right. in the group. Oh, we found the black who was denied an ID. And won't be able to vote if he's asked for and he's offended. <laughs> that's right.
0: right. We found him. He's offended and he's also a unicorn too. Yeah. That, that's the bottom line. I mean it's a <laughs> right. it's it's very, very strange how they how they do this. So it's they always find because there always is some nut out there who is offended or hurt or whatever it is. So okay, great. So they, they, they can find a Mexican who or or Hispanic for that matter who claims that he feels unwelcome. Uh, by uh, the presence of an American flag, they can find a woman who proclaims that uh, she's being mistreated and uh, passed up for for promotion time and time again, merely because she doesn't have the right genitals, right? You can find a transgendered who says that um, we all need to be thinking uh, that there's that gender is fluid for everybody, and you're all fools for otherwise. You can you can do that. You can find. A Jew who, who believes that anti-Semitism is everywhere. You know, he like the Woody Allen uh, scene where he's, he thinks everyone is, is anti-Semitic because, you know, in their language, you know, did, did you see the movie? No, Jew. Did you? <laughs> right? Jew. Yeah. When they mean, did you, right? <laughs> right? So he sees that as anti-Semitic, right? There's, it's easy. And, of course, you, you have many blacks who, who perceive racism everywhere uh, because every time they're stopped, they assume it's because— that they're black They call it driving while black And when, when, I remember when a caller Called me And we, we were talking about race issues I think it was about Ferguson at some point Some caller called in and said uh, You don't understand Mr. Lurie What it's like to be black You have no sense of uh, the discrimination That we face And I, I put him in his place pretty quickly Because as a Jew I told him about my own experiences And such and it's how we respond to it I said And I said, and what a luxury it is. This is my, and and I changed him. I said, what a luxury it must be for you to say to yourself, every time you get pulled over by a cop or anything bad happens to you, you you get passed up for a promotion, what a luxury it must be to say, it's because I was black, right? Isn't that great? When When I get pulled over by a cop, you know what I think? What did I do? <laughs> That's what I think. I don't say I'm being pulled over because I'm Jewish or because I'm white or because I'm from California or because I'm a man or whatever. I just think, what did I do? Yeah, <laughs> right? I,
1: think, I, think. I don't
0: have that luxury of saying it's because, you know, the world is against me. You know, how, how convenient. And, and the guy said to his credit, you know what? I, I just didn't think of it that way. And I said, God bless you. You know, good for you. It's, it's not, it, it's a, it's a cop out. It's a cheap way to move about in your life. And it's the same thing uh, for all these different groups. They, they all want to perceive themselves to be victims somehow. And that's the reason why bad things befall them. Strange. Now, on, on a very related topic, we just talked about how the minority, It's the, I guess the tyranny of the minority, right? We, we had a, a podcast about that a long time ago. The tyranny of the minority, a couple of very vocal uh, people who are extremists in their particular group or ideologies, for that matter, uh, demand demand that everyone conform to their way of life and their way of thinking and their their protocols or whatever it might be, like the transgender nomenclature. And uh, and all of a sudden, we have to bend over backwards for them, right? Never mind that the gro- the gross majority of that same group does not feel whatsoever like this very vocal minority. You know what, what group was just like that, Ari? A group called, wait for it, the Bolsheviks in Russia. In the early 1900s, the Bolsheviks, who were the ones who ultimately became uh, the, the, led to the communist revolution, they were a tiny minority. I think they were like 2%, maybe even less. It was like, I don't know, 50,000 people total who were kind of into this idea Of communism And they just made it seem as if everyone Is into this Bolshevism Nonsense And they were able to Take over the country And suddenly impose their will upon everybody And they gave us The nightmare called communism And the Soviet Union Generally speaking That The tyranny of the minority Is so important to remember as a phrase Don't let these people these, these tiny voices, very vocal, but, but they are truly a minority of the minority of the minority, control your lives and the way you speak. So what does that mean? It means you don't go crazy when uh, they insist, you, you don't follow uh, the commands of the social left when they tell you that you must refer to a black person as African American That you must refer to yourself as cisgender. And when you uh, refer to yourself, that you also say, you know, I'm Ari David, uh, he, him, her, you know, his. You you don't play their game. Just don't. Um, You you are a straight male, Ari. Hey. Well, sometimes. (laughs) Most of the time you are. Uh, I'm kidding.
1: I'm a straight male when I'm in the closet. (laughs) Hidden from you. The rest of the time. I'm a butterfly, a monarch butterfly. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you do see. No, but you make a great point because uh, think about a family. And when you see small majority, let's just say political minority, I mean, small minority, you mean 20%, right? You're a family of five. The Lurie family is a party of five, like the show, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're a party of four, so the example is as good as yours. Right. And I know it doesn't happen in your family, it does mine because you're like a perfect parent or something. Oh, please. But yeah. imagine if one of your children, or one of you, you let's just say it's you, okay? Right. Yeah. Was throwing a temper tantrum. One, right? One out of five, it's 20%. Now imagine the entire family doing what the temper tantrum thrower wanted. And by definition, if you're throwing a temper tantrum, There's a hint to everyone, it means you're wrong. Right? right? Because why do you have to throw a temper tantrum if you're right? You say, oh, Good l- point. example, um, hey, let's go to school and get there on time today. Okay, everyone, let's do Yeah, Yeah, we should be on time, right? right. Um, but So you don't have to throw a temper tantrum to convince people that there's a validity to arriving at school on time, right? Yes. Now, if you're asking everyone, hey, let's all go to Big Sur and commit suicide by jumping over the cliff. And everyone goes, no, that's a bad idea. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's worthy of a temper tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's an irrational request. Yep. Now imagine everyone going, you know, you're right. And this is where South Park with the character Cartman makes such a brilliant point. Because Cartman always throws temper tantrums and his mother always gives in to him, right? And so the point is, that's what these people are doing. They throw collective temper tantrums. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Democrat Party, the global warming left, the cisgender, uh, the, the war between cisgender transgender. All of these are temper tantrums. And because of the intensity of the temper tantrum and because mm-hmm. of the weakness of uh, you know, our uh, political leadership, they constantly give in to the temper tantrum. Like the protesters who sit in the chancellor's office on a college campus. Right. And then they go, okay, we'll give you the uh, segregated dorms, you're requesting, yes. or the global warming critical gender study theory class yep. for that, and make it a requirement for all incoming freshmen.
0: Right, at the expense of uh, the First Amendment, uh, both in terms of speech and also the First Amendment in terms of uh, allowing the observance of uh, Christianity or or Judaism, for that matter. Uh, at the expense of a tremendous amount of things, at, at the expense of civilization itself, at, at the expense of common sense. To use it when you look at uh, the transgendered issues, where they're trying to change bathrooms right and left, and l- allowing men to go into girls' locker rooms, it's obscene. It's absurd, you know. That so everything is at the expense of, of you know, th- these huge issues uh, that we're just talking about. I don't know, Ari. I, I um, it's it's really very frustrating. One of the things, I mean, your your idea of you know the restaurant with a party of five and such uh, makes me think of something else. There's an expression that many mothers will tell you that they would agree with, which is, a mother's only as happy as her least happy child, right? So, the, meaning that you know, she that she absorbs that that pain. Maybe the father doesn't, and maybe and and maybe the mother shouldn't. But nevertheless, that's the way it is for a lot of moms. They will see little Charlie uh, crying and suffering, and you know, very un- unhappy with his school, and they absorb it. They become that level of happiness, and they will do what they can to bring up the, the happiness. Uh, and I, And I get that. I think also, for example, if, if you have a let's use a, a family of of uh, uh, two parents, of course, and eight children, so okay? party of ten, party ten, and one of the children uh, is on the scale. Okay, the spectrum of, of autism. Okay? Suddenly, that's the family uh, dealing with autism. Right? Autism is now the, in a sense, characterizes that family. If they so choose, of course. They don't have to. I'm just simply saying it they, they be, they becomes the autistic family. Dealing with one autistic child. Even though there are so many others who are not autistic. Uh, who, or have no issues. Likewise, um, if it's a family that has a transgendered child... Uh, or one who identifies as the opposite sex, okay, uh, that's the family, that's the transgendered family. They, suddenly that becomes their definition. And so on and so on. And I think that's what's happening to our whole country. Uh, a couple of radicals talk about how we all need to change, and we decide, okay, we're a transgender-friendly country. We are obsessed about transgendered issues now. We, and be, before that, of course, we were obsessed about gay marriage, and before that, we were obsessed about making Hispanics feel comfortable. And before that, we were obsessed about, you know, uh, the number of, uh, of white cops killing and maiming and wrongfully arresting blacks. Okay? Obsessed. Never mind that that wasn't happening either. It, it's very, very strange. Um, and how do you explain at the end of the day... Uh, and, and so this is what we have to fight. Now, my, to our lefty friends, how do you reconcile, or as my South African client says, reconcile? How do you... It's like
1: recon- aluminum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I love the guy, though. He's, he's awesome. Um, anyway, how do you reconcile when a black like, let's say, Thomas Sowell or my friend Larry Elder or so many other blacks that we know who are conservative... We're just have common sense, and they say, life is great in America for blacks. Uh, <gasps> how dare they? <laughs> I know. They are just, how do, you, how do you reconcile that, right? Or how do you reconcile Jews like you and me who say, you know what? America's awesome. You and, mean you are happy? Yeah. And I, and I like Christmas. I love the Christmas season, which we're in right now. I love what Christianity has given the world. And frankly, um, you know, I really wish we'd be more Christian. How do you reconcile somebody like you and me? I mean, we as a nation be more—I'm very proud of my Judaism, don't get me wrong. I'm saying that as a nation, if this country were much more observant Christian-wise and uh, invoked uh, the name of Jesus Christ as, uh, you know, in all prayer services before uh, uh, the Senate uh, opens or whatever like that, I'd be jiggy with that.
1: said a prayer at school with the Pledge of Allegiance and then repeated the Ten Amendments to the Constitution on the Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments, then started your school day— I'd be. Go for it!
0: Yeah, go, totally go for it. So, how do you reconcile people like us? Oh, okay? they say we're self hating. Right. Yeah, right. I, okay, of that, course. That's... Of course. Now, I, I, I'm going to go there, of course. I think. <laughs> how do you reconcile a gay conservative, right, who says, You know, uh, I love conservatism, and look, uh, you know, I may be gay myself, and uh, I'm attracted to other men, but at the end of the day, I know that we cannot have a policy that is designed solely around my needs.
1: Uh, Can I I tell you what they do to me, and I've seen what they do to my gay friends like But hold on,
0: on. let's go forward a little further, further, okay? Like, uh, uh, for women, um, where they say, you know, I understand, uh, look, I I, uh, I love being a woman, I'm I want to be the partner in my law firm. I'm not interested in having kids. I don't I'm not interested in marriage, but I don't want policy developed around me. I understand that I as a woman, I'm, I'm a very unique person, and uh, most women don't want what I want to achieve um, in, in my life. okay. I'm, I don't want to impose it upon everyone else. And frankly, I don't think we'd have a civilization if everyone acted exactly like I am. So the same thing with the transgendered, and there are such things as as conservative transgendered. So how do you reconcile all this? And the only way, I think, is is like you just said, and I'll let you go on your topic in a moment, uh, is uh, that you are a self-hating Jew, self-hating Black, self-hating Hispanic, uh, you name it. And that you are an Uncle Tom, or whatever the phrase might be for Jews, to, uh, to absorb George Soros, yeah, yeah. To, to you
1: absorb, didn't get my check, George. George, 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 I'm a George Soros. I, don't, I don't know
0: what you mean by that. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that that you're that you're selling out, right? right. Um, it's just like you know global warming, for that matter. If you're against global warming, well, then you're being bought by the oil companies. I'm still waiting for my check. Me too. Yeah. So, but but anyway, I mean, this is this is the the pabulum that they throw at us. It's very strange, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but then they do one more thing. Yeah. And this is even worse. And then, and go, I,
0: then go with your other point that you're going to make. This is it. Oh, okay, and,
1: and this one's even worse, and I know you'll go, oh, yeah. Yeah. They then become, uh, I think, Orville Favis and Bull Connor themselves. Because you know how I've already said, they're racist. So the second. A Tom Sawyer, Larry Elder speak out. Speak out. They call him the worst slurs ever. That's true, right? You're they so call right. us You're so the right. K word. They call gays the F word that ends with G O T. They right. call women. Bitch and slut. Right, exactly right. And they immediately turn on them and the mask comes off and they reveal this, them to be the most despicable racists, the most almost M- M- typical yeah. racist misogynist, it, the six herb, as Des Prager would call yeah, it. Yeah. You're so they right. are those. They are.
0: And to your And point, you see,
1: and the, the completion of the point, real fast, is then you see when they complain about racism, sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia, xenophobia, blah, 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 blah. They're complaining about themselves, like the Democrat who complains about uh, um, uh, corruption in the government, and then they
0: take over the government, and it becomes loaded with corruption. Of course, of course. So you're so right. It's a good point. Look, I'm just to, as an example, and then I'll wrap it up, but the, Ann Coulter, for example, I, I think she's awesome in every way. I think she's hysterical. I think she's a great writer. She is brilliant. I think she's, she's hot. She, I think she's really quite pretty too, and uh, she's aging gracefully. Also, um, just, just in other words, not aging a, a lick. I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I admire her uh, faith, and she's a deep Christian. Uh, I, I love how she, you know, even perceives us to be a not completed uh, Jew, right? In other words, that we, that we should be, all be Christians. I respect her for wanting that. I, I, know, I have my faith, and she has her faith, but I love this woman. She's awesome. And they can't stand her. And and, and I, I know, to your point, I know quite a few very highbrow, supposedly very powerfully intellectual lefties. Uh, and, and I won't name them, of course. Uh, but when it comes to Ann Coulter, they will use the C word. Not just the B word, my friend, the C word. She's just done, you know. And then they, then they say the C word
1: In other words and I, they call her Hillary Clinton
0: <laughs> Yeah Clinton That's what I was going for <laughs> uh, Anyway so But so they, they, they just will say These vicious things I, And I just, and just I, And I ask my friends I'll just say Bob Bob I mean <laughs> it's a little far don't you think I mean these are words that you would, you would never say uh, You know and never allow it to be said About your wife or your daughter okay? And you're saying it because you disagree with this person. No, she doesn't even believe what she says. And uh, she's she's a C because she's, you know, so undermining women and so undermining all of America. I said, so, okay, well, tell me where she's wrong. I mean, I, that's what I want to know. What's not to love, Bob? What's not to love, What's Bob? What's not to love? Yeah, it, what they hate is that she shows in such stark relief. And as I think, as many conservatives do, including Thomas Sowell, including Dennis Prager, including... Hopefully, us. uh, Well, us. Uh, Not hopefully. I know that we are. No, but when we attain that level of, yeah. You know, well, look. I think I'll be a lawyer for a long time. I don't know that I'll be, um, you know, having my own radio show. uh, I mean, do have my own radio show, but one for three hours a day. I would have to quit my job. But at the end of the day, the point is we are having influence, and that's great. But I I just, I think it's very funny, like how people just they, they use these horrific words. But, you know, when we actually show them that we're right about these things and we, we kind of go through the analysis and they just say, well, I don't agree. That's, that's when they're polite. Right. Isn't I, you know, it
1: interesting? They impose the speech code on us as if we would ever talk that way
0: yeah. about anyone. Right, right. Exactly. It, okay. right. So, you know, and when I wrote my book, Atheism Kills, uh, it was – I can't say I was shocked, but I guess I was still surprised anyway because everyone told me that you'll see – when your book comes out And you start saying that atheism Is a destructive Killing philosophy And you, even though you prove your case Very uh, Dispassionately yeah, But completely and accurately They will say This is horrific You're an ignoramus You're a full fool You're, I'm full of hate somehow <laughs> yeah. And I said okay I get that and, But then sure enough they were right you know you know uh, you know Prager um PragerU was kind enough to uh, to market my book and so they put it up and they and and you know they had a very nice blurb uh, that Dennis Prager wrote for us which is really sweet he he read the book i mean he loved the book and so he put they put it up on PragerU the uh, the Facebook page for PragerU and the viciousness that came from people even though it was PragerU friendly so you know people a lot of them are PragerU friendly but they just the things that they said about uh, the book and my ideology and the way I think and everything else and how outrageously stupid it is and and that's to say nothing of the reviews of the book on Amazon. Oh, <laughs> just go go there, have fun, because they're only five stars or one stars. Very few exceptions, a couple of fours and, and twos, but really fives and ones for all intents and purposes. And the ones are just they're short liners like stupid book, doesn't know what he's talking about right That's most of them, and the five star ones are uh, they really appreciate it. you know this is a book that you know and they, they go into some detail They're, It's clear that they read the book, right anyway, people can be vicious, and they are uh, anything on the left is brilliant, and anything on the right is is moronic and evil at the same time and the Ann Coulter example is such a good one because she's so so my hero. I love what she writes and how she writes and the color with which she writes anyway you get the idea look at the bottom line is these people don't ask what is is going on in the minds of these minorities whom they purport to be helping i I just you you ought to talk to people that's what i'm saying okay just like when you proclaim that global warming is real And you say anybody who's a skeptic of global warming is a moron and that they are like flat earthers or even worse, Holocaust deniers. I say to them, have you talked to people and asked them why they have concerns about this global warming thing and why they're skeptical? And then they they look at you and they go, "Uh, no, I guess I haven't. And <clears throat> it's it's really weird. Like, yeah, well, don't no, you think you ought to?
1: Yeah, no, I haven't. But you hate the Earth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm glad you're a mind reader now.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I want to yeah, check the exactly.
1: accuracy of that.
0: Right, just like Christians actually want to destroy Israel in order to to eventually conquer it. Right. You got the you got the idea. All right. Anyway, again, this is Brock Leary signing off, uh, and uh, we will talk with you next week. And don't forget. Broadcast, proclaim the joy of this uh, Barack Lurie podcast to Posts all of your friends. on Francis. social media, share on email. Yep, everything. Exactly, all those things. Let's get uh, let's get the listenership even more uh, more great again. <laughs> right. All right. God bless. We'll talk to you next week.